So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection Now with your hosts, Jean Victoria Norlock and Rick O'Shields, bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody to this edition of Everyday Connection Now. I am, yet again, Rico Shields, and far up to my north in the snowy mountains of Quebec, Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm good, Rick. I'm good. It's been a peaceful weekend. Yeah. Well, I knew that the snow had come to visit again some more. It's really yeah, kind of more, got, really, isn't it? Well, we got stranded again today, um, but that's okay. You know, I mean, us being stranded in our house is really not punishment, so it's you say, quite I've all right. Seen, I've seen photos of the house. It'd be a fine place to get stranded. <laughs> as long as you got food, hey. And always. There's always food. Always food around. I don't require much. You know, you can just put me in the corner over there by the fireplace, the stove thing. <laughs> Two teenage girls, I have to make sure I'm prepared, just in case. don't want them bashing down my door going, Mother! <laughs> Mother, there are no chips. I'm hungry. <clears throat> Doritos, give it. No. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more Mother, we're out of fruit again. <laughs> yes, that's right. I, I, I keep forgetting what a mod bunch we have, these younger kids. They're all fruits and things. I always wanted candy. Still do sometimes, but oh, oh, I'm sure they do, and I'm not denying that occasionally they get it, but it's certainly not a staple in our house at all, because uh, I just don't think that that's in any way healthy. Because <laughs> it's your house, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I would expect. So, goodness, what's what's been happening lately? Is there anything important that we should talk about? I really what is the guy in Italy up to? So I, what's our buddy in Italy um, up to? Oh, Francis. Oh, what did he do now? He did. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I know it was. Um, I know it was cool again. Oh, I uh, think he was oh, explaining yes, about the internet. Recently, he's recently re- recently talking about the internet and how it um, opens lines of discussions between different cultures and belief systems and will allow humanity a clear understanding of one another's hearts, basically, is what he was saying. Now, that's not word for word, but uh, I'm sure Rick has the article around somewhere. Oh, I <laughs> yes, have it around somewhere. It's, Something about um, the Internet being a gift from God. A actually. gift from God, yes, yes. And uh, That was a direct quote. <laughs> and, and I agree with him. It's, we've been saying that for Absolutely. three years. 
Oh, absolutely. We should send him the show. Oh, he's probably busy. <laughs> he's a busy guy. Yeah. Um, and he just certainly doesn't need to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, no, he's got the message, he's, I he's think. He's got it going on. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got it going on. He, he lives and breathes it every day. So, um, yeah, but it's, it's always cool to see him saying to the masses what we've been saying to the many masses for, for two and a half years. <laughs> it's always worth something, something to celebrate. Yeah, he's got... Two or three more Seems listeners. The Pope agrees with us again. <laughs> and speaking of, speaking of two or three more listeners, there's just one thing that I want to you know shout out to the listeners and give us some feedback on this if you've got it, um, because we had someone with an iPhone that was sort of testing out some stuff for us, and apparently the player for our show sometimes shuts down on the iPhone like every minute or so. So I would love to hear from any of our iPhone-using EC family that if they're having problems, so that we can figure out how we can fix that. Uh, because that's no way, no. We don't like it. Mm. We, we say all the time, we're, we're, in, we're in the iTunes store, and, and you can just subscribe, and yeah. we show up on your iStuff. But if it doesn't play right, that's we would like to play right. We play good. <laughs> Or we play well. Or absolutely, absolutely. So there, if there, if there is a problem with with the, um, the iPhone connection, then please do drop us the line so that we know so that we can fix it. Um, because certainly, you know, if you want to listen, we want you to be able to listen. And that's you know, that's the way it is. It's good that we have these beta testers kick around. Yeah. And showing us stuff. Yeah. Every once in a while. Letting us know that you know, hey, your stuff no worky. What? Because <laughs> we're just over here talking away. That's we we figure everybody can hear. <clears throat> All my neighbors can hear because I go out on the patio a lot. It's better on my patio, I think, than yours just now. But in the summer, you're going to be way comfy on the patio, and it'll be woo hot. We can I absolutely will. Yeah. Yes. Gets a little warmish. Yeah. Anyway, we we digress often. Oh wait. <laughs> No, because we do. We have a wonderful guest with us tonight, and um, uh, we're going to try to train ourselves to shorten this banter a little bit because we're going to have some place new to banter. We've kind of hinted around at that. And uh, what should we say now? Because we've posted your your eloquent words up on the wall of we we, we have. Um, I guess the cat's out of the bag, so to speak. Uh, so so. Our tentative launch date for the new show, which will be in addition to what we're already doing, yes, the evening conversations with amazing people from around the world will continue. We're not going to take that away from you because we know that our listeners, over 90,000 strong of you, have been appreciating it for a long time, so we're very happy about that. Um, But we figure we're going to do something a little different. So tentative launch date for the new show is February 14th, and we will be coming to you live Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern time to 11 a.m. Eastern time. And we're going to have a lot of surprises. We have a lot of collaborations going on with some of our favorite past guests. Um, and and so it's it's going to be a new twist on morning shows. There will be no bad news. There will be no announcements of who's bombing who, and there certainly won't be any discussion of what Justin Bieber is doing this week. So keep an eye on the website. <laughs> and um, 
And uh, we will continue to feed you information both through Facebook and through our own personal website as details become clear. And that's it. And when the, as soon as the helicopter passes over, I'll join back in. Um, and it will be live, so you know we'll be encouraging call-ins and stuff again, and maybe I don't know. Absolutely. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm really excited and really looking forward to it. So I'm I am just glad that we finally get to talk about it because kind of been sitting on it for a bit. Yeah, Rick's been biting his tongue on this for for over a month. <laughs> and we know he doesn't like keeping silent for long, so there it is. Hey, all right, Rick, introduce big our mouth, guest. And let's big get mouth moving. like mine, it's hard to be quiet, you know. This is true. All right, so we have we have with us tonight uh, author, uh, multi talented as most of us multi dimensional type folks are, uh, uh, also a professional singer for over twenty years, Miss Carolyn Gervais. How are you, Carolyn? I'm fine. How are you? Just wonderful. Welcome to the show. I'm glad you Thank could you. spare us some time this evening. <laughs> yeah, me too. There goes a plane to go with the helicopter. <laughs> That's so cool. So, okay. Carolyn, we'll get right to it. We'll get okay. right to it and ask you the big question of the night. Okay. Who on earth are you and what do you do? What was the first part? Who on earth are you? Who, who on earth are you, and what oh, do you do? Who earth, uh, oh, okay. Who on earth am I? Well, I am a uh, a person that uh, has found myself here on earth, and uh, during that time I've been trying to figure out why and what it's all for. And so uh, I've been asking this question since I was a little girl. Uh, when I was... Uh, around three years old, two to three years old, two to five actually, uh, I remember just all of a sudden noticing everything going on around me, all the people around me, my parents, my grandparents, my sisters, and and I was kind of watching all this and watched how everybody would move around and they'd talk and they'd do things that really didn't make much sense to me as to why they did them. Uh, like, you know, cooking meals. <laughs> I was one of those kids that I couldn't understand why it, we, we had to eat. I didn't want to eat, you know. So I was one of those kids that it, it was just taking away from playtime to have to sit down and eat. But uh, other than that, I, as I looked around me, I would um, wonder uh, what, what this was all for, and I I remember that uh, I was looking through like something like a white haze, which which I can only describe as thin white gauze, and I know I was looking through that because after it was removed, um, on a spiritual side, it was removed from my eyes, then I, I could see that I had been looking at the world through this white gauzy haze and uh, I remember thinking that or I remember feeling like I knew I had come from this other place that was less chaotic it, it was more peaceful um, it was quiet it wasn't like 
I was experiencing on this earth. And I remember thinking that I didn't really like the way it felt to be on this earth. I didn't like the feeling of this earth and every all the commotion in this world and, and people around you and just constantly something that you have to do or something uh, somebody else is doing around you. And I thought right then and there that I wanted to somehow find my way back to where I came from before I was on this earth. Um, because, again, like I said, I, I didn't really like it here. I didn't like the feel of it. And so I, I that's what I have spent my whole life doing is finding out why I, I am here, why I was born, why humanity was even um, created. And even as a little girl, I would drive my, my the adults in my family crazy because I would always ask him, ask them these weird questions like why are we here how did we get here why did god make people and what's what's the purpose of it all and i remember one time i was sitting on my grandpa's lap and uh i have a twin sister so we were actually both sitting on his lap and it was at, at night i live in arizona so the the stars are really you can really see them at night and we'd sit out on my grandparents' front porch and look up in the sky, sitting on Grandpa's lap at the stars and the moon. And I, it would always bring up these deep questions in me, like, why are we here, Grandpa? <laughs> How did we get here? And he just did not have an answer for that. He said, we're not supposed to have answers to those questions. Only God knows that. And I was... As a child, I thought once you were grown up, then you knew the answer to anything, you know, any question, that you just have to go through being a child and grow up before you know what the answers to your questions are. So I asked my grandpa that, and he couldn't answer it. And I said, you mean no adults can answer that? He said, no adult can answer that. And I said, well, I thought grown-ups knew everything. And he said, no, so some grown-ups know different things than other grown-ups, and some people know are smarter than other people as adults, but nobody knows everything. So I was very disappointed. It made me feel really upset because I was depending on the adults to give me the answers on how to live in this world especially when I grow up, how, how to be an adult, how, all the rules and regulations and the, and the answers to why we were here. I thought, you know, I would know that by the time I grew up, and so that scared me that I would grow up and I would still have these questions and nobody could tell me. So uh, I was a little upset at God because I was wondering why he would make humans and not allow them to have the answers to to these deep questions as to why they are here. And so I, I told God, I said, you know what? Even if you aren't going to tell me the answers, I'm going to find them. Somehow I will find them, even if I have to ask this, you, God, the same question over and over again a million times. I'm going to bug you until you give me the answer. And so, you know, I, I grew up like everybody else, and I grew up in a very musical family, so that was 
one of my loves was to to sing, and I started singing when I was four years old with my twin sister. We would practice singing because everybody in my family's musical, and uh, we'd sing for our grandparents when they'd take their nap, and sing for our parents when we'd learn a song, and uh, we just loved that. But uh, as I grew up, um, I realized that life, you know, is it's not all that fun sometimes. There's some really challenging things that happen to people that are very painful. And um, I came from a family that was, you know, had a lot of uh, challenges, and like many families do. Um, my mother had, uh, she had a, a alcohol problem. She she drank too much, and uh, she had some. She was depressed a lot, so that, that's how she was, and that's what I grew up with. And my father was a good man, but he he decided that the only way children are going to be good is if they you hit them a lot. <laughs> and he always told us when he'd spank us for doing something that, I spank you because I love you. I care how you grow up. And that helped a little, but it seemed like we got spanked way too much. So by the time I grew up, I really didn't have a whole lot of confidence in who I was or why I was here and what I was supposed to do on this earth. I was very shy and very introverted. And uh, I got married at 17 because I uh, got pregnant by my first real boyfriend in high school. And um, after I got married, I realized that I wasn't going to have a singing career for a very long time, if ever, uh, because, number one, the husband I was married to would not allow me to work outside the home or sing. And um, because I had a father that ruled the roost, I thought that all men were supposed to rule the roost, so I let him tell me what to do until I started digging into metaphysics at 17, I, I, I thought, oh, no, this can't be it. You, you grow up, you get married, you have children, uh, you work, you do whatever you have to do to survive. This, there has to be more to life. There has to be more purpose to life than that. So I uh, went to my father. He had this interest in all kinds of metaphysical type of books like uh, ESP and ghosts and and Edgar Casey, I don't know if you have ever heard of Edgar Casey. He was a trans medium, and uh, just Ruth Montgomery, just all kinds of people in the metaphysical type of field. And it was interesting to my father, but he never really had the real desire to figure out who he was. It's just all this stuff it was was uh, exciting to him on a entertainment level. So I asked him, I said, Dad, is this it? Is this all there is to life? You get married, have kids, and that's it? So he handed me a book on reincarnation by Jester. And I don't know if any of you have heard of Jester. And a lot of people haven't heard of him. But he was a reporter that set out to disprove reincarnation by interviewing all these people that around the, the world that had proof that they had been reincarnated because their experiences were had files that you could prove that that particular life that they felt they had existed. 
so uh, he ended up believing in reincarnation because of all the people he interviewed instead of uh, disproving it. And uh, so that was the first book I read. And then I went from there and I, I read everything I could get my hands on that was uh, about everything that was outside of being a human body or a human being, like... Um, like uh, I even I even looked into white witchcraft just to see what that was, and it was it was pretty good. I was just trying to figure out what was truth and what wasn't. So I read everything I could get my hands on for many many years, and and I and uh, I didn't stop it, and I still haven't. I still read a lot, but what I came up with through Eastern philosophy and Western philosophy and theosophy and all of that stuff, transmediums, channelers, and just all of the, the leaders in, those, in that field of expertise, I read their books and I would meditate. I taught myself yoga, Hatha yoga, and I did yoga every day. I even taught it for a while, and I meditated for and from the time I was 17 all all the way up to now. And uh, I gradually learned uh, a lot about myself through meditation and through the teachers that I studied. And I came up with, after 35, over 35 years, I'm not telling you the, the whole amount of years, but at over 40, <laughs> 35 years, at least, uh, I have spent my life trying to find the meaning of human life and life itself and what this God is. So uh, I came up with my, after years and years of it, I had my own um, views and my own um, proof and uh, experiences that showed me another way or a way that commingled with all these other ways but was uh, different because it had my experiences to, involved in its creation. And uh, so that's how I, how I got to where I am right now. And I wrote a book. An amazing journey. To 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 know that young, uh, to remember. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, it was, and I didn't I didn't know. I thought all people remembered uh, stuff like that when I was a kid until I grew up, and then I realized not everybody does. My big sister doesn't remember anything beyond before she was seven years old. So, you know, everybody's different. But I, I guess that's part of the answer, isn't it? That everybody has their own journey to take. Yes. And do. everybody's going to get their own their own answers. And so, exactly. I mean, I guess my my first question would have to be the obvious question: Do you feel now at this point in your life that God answered you? I feel that God gave me the answers that each each stage in my life they keep expanding those answers keep expanding as my level my level of awareness keeps expanding as my ability to conceive and and understand broadens and and widens 
to, to encompass a bigger picture of it all. So yes, I have answers on top of answers on top of answers, but they all are like just another stage of that that first answer. Right, and because it, every answer you get leads to new questions, which is the best right. part about it. Exactly. It's, uh, the questions are endless. As long as we're in human form, the questions are endless. They are absolutely endless. So we just well, and that's one of our that's one of our favorite parts because it lets us do what we do. <laughs> yes, exactly. And we all. I, help I each am other. curious. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious to know, and and it seems like kind of a, a strange question to ask. I guess. Um, did your did your twin sister take this journey with you? No, she's taken her own journey. Um, she's in. She started out kind of. Not as a child. She didn't do the same thing I did as a child. Similar, but not not exactly the same experiences. Um, and as we became adults, we truly went our separate ways in that in that area, in that metaphysical spiritual area. And her way of thinking is very different than mine. There are some ver- some little similarities. She is in metaphysics, but the way she describes her understanding of life is very different than the way I describe my understanding of life and the purpose of it. Which leads me to my next question. What is your understanding of life? Well, what I came to understand is that we, that God is the creative force in the universe. And this creative force came to a point of I can only say to a point of knowing self to where it became conscious of being a self, to where it could think, have thoughts. And with those thoughts and the free will to create with those thoughts, we were born, we came into creation, and we were given free will just like the free will of the Creator, we were given free will to choose and to live our lives the way we want to and to learn from our mistakes and to have challenges. And so I, my view on that is we came into human form because we were given a soul to choose how we wanted to experience life. And so those of us that are in human form, we chose, okay, well, let's, let's, let's live in this um, place called Earth that was created by the creative force, and let's pretend that we are separate from the creative force, that we now are independent of that force, and we can think for ourselves. We don't need to have God thinking for us because God has given us free will. And uh, the proof of that to me was, here we are, we were born and we grow up, and basically through our whole life, we're basically uh, blind, deaf, and dumb (laughs) about who we are and why we are here and what it's all for. And so we have to, you know, go through all the challenges and all of the, the steps and the and the the uh, 
mistakes and the suffering from those mistakes or what we call mistakes. I don't really believe that anything is a mistake because we learn from everything we experience, no matter how it feels. So uh, we came to this earth. We were we decided to be on this earth and live in a world of duality where there for every there are for every up there's a down for for every um for every uh way of being there's an opposite way of being and thinking and feeling and seeing and so we all have our own perceptions we develop our own perceptions through our particular experiences as we grow from a from an infant into an adult that we probably carry a lot over with us um, through other incarnations. Um, but we, so we come in with a certain kind of wiring, a certain kind of already imprinting from other incarnations that are in, programmed into our soul. And we come in as a, as a baby and we're imprinted even more and differently from the parents that we have and from the families that we find ourselves in. And so that changes us even more and brings other challenges into our, our life, maybe challenges that were similar to maybe something we'd experienced in another incarnation, but we didn't resolve it. So here it is again. And now it's more powerful because we didn't resolve it who knows how many times before. And that causes suffering. And But with that suffering, we have to look into ourselves. We have to question life. We have to question ourselves. We have to question other people. We have to, to understand human beings. We have to understand ourselves first before we can understand other people at all. But then we, you know, we have that free will and we have that human aspect, which I call the ego aspect. It's what I call um, our, each of us have our own perceptions and concepts and beliefs about life and that and personality that we form as we grow. And uh, that becomes what I call the ego persona, which we look at life through. And it serves as our filter as to what we accept, what we don't accept, what we like, what we don't like, what we believe, what we don't believe, um, what is ugly and what is beautiful. Uh, these are all individual because we are individual in our free will. And uh, so we have each created this life that we have to work through. And really, it's it's really kind of confusing if you think about it because everybody is living their life through their filters and through their beliefs and perceptions. And we're living ours through our perceptions and beliefs. And we're all a little bit on a, a little bit different page, you know, maybe a lot of different pages, but we're different. And those differences create more challenges for us to have to work through. It, it forces us to eventually look inside ourselves and say, okay, wait a minute, what's going on here? Why do I not like this person? Or why does this person not like me? What is it about that person that is so different than, than I am? And why? If we're all human beings and 
uh, we all came to this earth in human bodies and uh, we learned the same language and a lot of the same things through our through society and through uh, religion and whatever uh, our imprinting was and our family experiences why how can they be so different and it's because we create our differences through our free will we are creating our life as we go along and they're they're all somewhat different any questions on that <laughs> well my my key question would be be why um and this is I, it's such an odd quirk of human nature but my question right from childhood was not <clears throat> why are we different it was why aren't we okay with the fact that we're different no it, why aren't we not, celebrating the fact that we're different oh no that is great it's just that it makes duality we live in a duality where everybody is different and everybody sees themselves as separate from the, every other person separate from uh the world separate from uh god even because uh we we people have a tendency uh when they are in a certain religion to to speak of their way of seeing God as the only way. I mean, not every religion does that, but there are religions that do that, especially years ago. Uh, and so we separate ourselves in every way we can. If we we don't like what somebody says, we separate ourselves from them. Oh, well, you're not like me, so therefore I'm going to go away now. You know, And that's what I mean by separation. Separ- um, being different is great. But we have to be willing to look at our differences and talk about our differences and communicate how we feel and what we think uh, with each other so that we can figure out and realize eventually, especially as we look into ourselves, we see what our hang-ups are, we see what our fears are, we see what our beliefs are, we see what our um, buttons are that people can push. And and how does that fit in with this other person with their own set of buttons and, and everything else that makes them different than me? So that we can realize, oh, I made that up. That's not really who I am. I'm not really my perceptions. I'm not really my beliefs. I'm this, what I call a... Uh, and being of God essence or essence itself, just life essence itself, which to me is the creative force. And that is what all this other stuff on the outside that we use to filter everything we see and feel through uh, to separate us because, oh, well, this person's not enough like me to where I want to be around them. Do you understand what I'm saying? We use that to separate ourselves, that ego personality aspect of us. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, I find that a a really fascinating beginning because uh, not in the same way, but I I was at least seven before I began to discover that I thought everybody knew everything I knew. I thought everybody knew the same things and was exploring the same things and and um and so it it 
it was actually quite shocking for me when I began to discover that people, that some people were just totally different. And, uh, and it, it really impacted my journey. And I, uh, so I'm curious about the, uh, besides the questions, the journey, because you've, of course, you mentioned the singing, but you're you're also a an ordained spiritual psychologist, a certified hypnotherapist. You have a master's in holistic nutrition. Um, I'd love to hear a little more about okay. that that part of the journey. From uh, I discovered that I could meditate at 17, and and uh, and now you know at, at least five years later, uh, you've done all these other things. Well, my journey, uh, all my studies, brought me to the place where I, I wanted to reach out to every area of life to understand humanity, but especially myself, so that I could understand other people, too, and relate to them, and understand how the mind worked, and... Uh, understand what spirituality meant what is the truth about what we call spirituality what is the truth and what are the myths and so um, at a probably uh, 20 years ago I uh, decided to learn hypnotherapy so I went to school to learn that and uh, it showed me that we we have a subconscious mind that a lot of people aren't aware of that affects our thinking even on a conscious level, just that subconscious mind, because that's where we we put things that we don't want to deal with right now. So we put them in the subconscious. But they come through our our experiences because they're there. And if they haven't been resolved, if if we're denying them, if uh, we're pushing them down so that we don't have to think about them, then they, as energy, will get stronger and stronger and push their way through to the conscious mind eventually. And so hypnotherapy is dealing with the subconscious mind in order to bring up those things that we aren't able to um, feel we have any control over on a conscious level to understand them and to work through them on a subconscious level, bring that subconscious to the forefront and let it talk for us. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and Absolutely. So they were sort of part of your, just part of your exploration. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it was part of my exploration, yep. yep. And I just continued on with that. Um, I used to, as a kid, I used to just, love to just watch people i mean they just intrigued me i would my twin sister was that way too we just stare at adults because for hours they were like entertainment just because we we're trying to figure out why they said things a certain way why they'd get mad so easy why uh you know i always noticed when people i could tell when people were sad even if they didn't say it. You know, you could just tell when somebody wasn't a happy person just by the look on their face, even if I didn't know that person. You know, you could just, I could tell. And uh, I always wondered, why are, do adults seem to be so unhappy? That was my experience, that adults around me, that even wherever I went, you know, adults that I didn't know that would 
pass me by or be sitting in a restaurant where my family was eating. Uh, you know, I, I would study their faces and their 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 um, expressions to try and figure out what they meant. So I was I've always been intrigued with humanity. <laughs> Sounds sounds familiar. I always wondered what was going on with those guys because yeah. I had a very similar. Well, you know, people are, grow up, will know it all. Yeah. People are very fascinating. Um, they are. And I love them. Watching them could be, you know, you can while away hours in in any public place just watching the interactions between between different people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then as I I grew I grew up. Um, I wanted to not be afraid of people because I was afraid of people um, because I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I kind of came in with a, I don't know, I, I say I didn't have a personality because my, my sister had a personality, my twin sister, and she knew how to make friends and stuff like that in, in elementary school where I felt completely lost. I just had no idea what I was supposed to do. Um, I guess one of the reasons was because until we were six years old, we were never around very many kids. It was just my twin sister and I playing at home because we didn't go to kindergarten because back then when kindergarten uh, was around, uh, you had to pay for it. So my dad didn't want to pay for it. So we didn't go to school till we were in first grade. And that was really my first real experience being around a lot of other kids. And I just was lost. I didn't know what to do. So uh, that was one reason why I would study people. And I would make maybe one friend. And I'd always uh, attract the, the, the girlfriends that were very shy and introverted like me. And we'd go out and sit way by the fence of the school by a tree and we talk deep stuff I mean not deep but but emotional stuff it wasn't like playful little things and I I came to realize that that's probably pretty weird and that's probably why I didn't have many friends I was too serious I think maybe (laughs) (laughs) well it's serious business trying to figure out who you are you know I mean I let's be honest about it and especially when you're trying to figure out who you are at an age when yeah. <clears throat> when most people quite frankly just don't give two hoots they just don't right. care they're just so oh look shiny ball let's go play with it but right. but as as a young person who was constantly asking those questions yeah i can't even count the amount of priests that shut me down um <laughs> there's some things you shouldn't ask priests apparently but um i you know, I I remember being the same way. I wanted to spend my time with people who I still do as an adult. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend my time with the people who are going to go to the bar, get smashed drunk, do something stupid, and find their way home yeah. some miraculous, you know, some, yeah. by some miracle they get home alive. That's I'm not right. down for that. I want to get into people's heads, into their hearts. I want mm-hmm. to connect with them on a very deep level. Right. And... You know, the topics can range from social issues to politics to education to religion to, right. you know, I mean, even even the value of the food and, and sports and, and health and wellness. Give me a topic. As long as I can connect with somebody, I want to talk about it. 
And it is serious stuff when you're young and you're looking for those answers. It's only as we get older that we really kind of look around the world and go, there's really not anything that serious going on here. I mean, it's we're all here doing the same thing. We're having the experience. We're taking the journey. We are exploring, and it's up to us as individuals how serious to take the things how that we're taking we in. How our journey to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, that's true. And But I was a person that that was my whole reason, you know, that's from the time I was a little girl, I had to have those answers it, for me to feel like I could uh, want to be here on this earth at all. Because I just, it just, unless I had those answers and I had a reason to be here or, or there was a purpose for all this, then I didn't want to be here. So I really, that's one huge reason that I, uh, I searched so that I would have a reason to be here to stay here and uh, my son I, I had my son very young and I, I know why I had him so young and it's because uh, I was 17 when I had him and I know it's because there was no I wasn't going to go anywhere as long as he was there for me to raise you know I wanted to teach him about what I was learning so he wouldn't have to struggle as much as I did to understand life so he kept me here, and I was bound determined I was going to raise him to be an adult. And but you know, you're once a mother, you're always a mother, so <laughs> never goes away. No, I get that. I still maintain that my daughter's the sole purpose, the the sole reason that I'm still here. I yeah. would have cap- happily gone home years and years mm-hmm. ago if not mm-hmm. for the fact that I have this amazing being to share my life with. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. and I have a wonderful husband. I that's the other reason, but uh, he's this husband that I have now. He was he's not my fa- my son's father, but we've been married for thirty five years. So, so you know, I'm wow. really again, we're we're not going on the exact numbers. <laughs> no, no, that's the exact number. That's, that's something number. to be proud of. You yes, should go is. with the exact numbers. Absolutely. Yeah something to celebrate 35 years of marriage my parents had 63 years when mom decided to go home so uh, pretty amazing but uh, yeah that is a mother uh, a mother thing that you know Mm -hmm. I gotta stay here because of this one and uh, I know a lot of ladies that are that's their huge one of their huge gratitude points for their children is you know I wouldn't have made it (laughs) if you it wasn't for you and uh and, and it's a beautiful thing. It really is. You wanted me to talk. No, go ahead. Well, I, I, I mentioned that because we're, we're fast uh, approaching our halfway point. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so uh, perhaps we'll uh, go ahead and take our break. And um, I was thinking in, in, in light of that, Jean, that maybe we would listen to uh, She's a Miracle Walking. I think that would be really appropriate, given the topic at hand, absolutely. We have a, a beautiful song from our dear friend Ina V. Uh, and, of course, our, our dedicated listeners out there know that uh, uh, we play her often because she has such thoughtful and beautiful... She's amazing. Yeah, she is. She's a miracle walking, too. So uh, yes, uh, I'll dedicate this to the 
to the to the ladies here that are miracles walking, and of course us guys are miracles walking too. But it's That's just awesome. a different just a different flavor of miracle. Uh, so this will be our dear friend Ina V with her song "She's a Miracle Walking." Uh, but we'll have uh, much more. I've got some questions that I'm itching to to get to too. So uh, we'll be right back. Stay with us, folks. Of yearning 
You're listening to Everyday Connection on the Flow Cooperative, an entirely new stream on the scene. Welcome back, everybody. Again, that was our friend Ina V with her song, She's a Miracle Walking. And you can find Ina V at www.enavie.com. That's enavie.com. And uh, she's got lots of other great music, and she's also doing some great philanthropic work. So we hope you'll go and check her out. Uh, but we're we're back here talking with uh, Carolyn Gervais about uh, life, the universe, and everything. I guess you could say, as we usually do. Um, also, wanted to ask about your book because now that we've heard a little of your story, uh, the the title might uh, make a little more sense to people. Uh, but it's a uh, a wonderful uh, it's a wonderful I, I love the title it's I dreamed I was human awakening from the illusion awakening yeah. from the illusion right. so it's a good dream so far good dream it's a very it's been a very challenging dream let's put it that way waking up is not always easy. <laughs> But I'm I'm running the course. Let's put it that way. There you go. Yeah. Well, I I can be a little bit of a bear in the mornings. That, this can be fun <laughs> when we start doing a morning show. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> waking up's always fun. That's why we're having waking up with everything. Yeah, but I mean waking up in life. You know what I'm saying? Waking up on a soul level. Yeah, absolutely. That's. Yeah. We're we're trying to be a little underhanded with that waking up with everyday connection oh, title. But okay, all right. you go for it. It'll be in the morning so we can we can folks that want to take it that way can have it that way. Everybody gets yeah. to have it like they want it. Exactly. So where tell what was the genesis of the I mean you want to hear about my how music the book or of, Oh, we're definitely going to talk about the music career. Oh, okay. But I'm going to let Jean do that cuz she's the songstress amongst the two of us. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, or newly discovered songstress or how how would you put that, Jane? <clears throat> Not really sure. Budding budding vocalist. Musically budding vocalist. Musically inclined. There you go. <laughs> but but so what what led you to uh, to write the book? Where did how did that come about? That you decided you were gonna you just woke well, up one morning and said, "Hmm, I'll write a book today." No 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 no. It wasn't quite that easy. Uh, I've been writing my views, my what I've learned and what I've um, figured out in myself as to uh, what this life is all for, what life period is all for, uh, and writing it down throughout my life, you know, writing out down certain things. And then um, about four years ago, maybe five now, I started writing articles because I felt that people, a lot of people that were writing metaphysical uh, articles were, and I don't, I, I, don't, I don't want to step in any toes here, but I felt that they were looking at it through um, rose-colored glasses. Like it was too fairy tale to me 
it, there were too many holes in in what was being said sometimes. And to me, that was deceiving people and making them think, well, all you have to do is this. And uh, for instance, for instance, um, there are people that go to teacher after teacher after teacher after teacher where there's nothing wrong with that. But then what they do with that a lot of times is just use it to talk to people. They don't really integrate it and become a different person necessarily with what they have heard. They intellectualize it, and it becomes how they talk, but it's not how they necessarily live. And uh, so I wanted people to understand that this is really important, what we're here for, and that is to wake up uh, and, and become more aware on a conscious level to the the souls that we are, these these the spiritual essence that we are made of that gives us life, that is the life that lives inside of us. And, and it's not something, you know, where, you know, you just go talk to somebody and tell them what you learned from this teacher or that teacher, and you have a great old time, but you never really get to the, the purpose of all that, the depth underneath the intellectual aspect of it or the entertainment aspect of it to what it all means to us as a as a soul and so i started writing articles that would kind of address these different um aspects of what i i saw in other people's articles that i felt they weren't giving them enough of the whole story in order for them to not just see it on the surface. I'm, I'm not saying everybody's like that, but I'm saying, you know, everybody writes from their own experiences and through their own perception, and, and that's great. It's just that I wanted to go a little deeper because I think the world needs people. If this is the time. I mean, it's been the time for a long time. We've been gradually waking up, but we've come to a, a point in our evolution where we, it is very important that we wake up to who we are before we create damage that can't be repaired, before we create so much damage that um, it, it'll take another billion uh, years to to wake up. And uh, so that's, I started writing articles and Sedona, uh, Sedona, what is it called? Emergence of, what is it? Sedona Journal of Emergence. Yeah, that's it. Sedona Journal of Emergence, yeah. Um, I started writing articles for them and then for websites, uh, metaphysical websites uh, on the Internet. And so I, I wrote a lot of articles, and then I told everybody, I've, I've told my husband, I've told my family, you know, I, I know I'm, I'm supposed to write a book. I've been saying this for years, long before I even met my husband. I know I'm going to write a book someday. I just don't know when that is. I, I'm sure I will know when it's time. And what I realized was that I have been preparing to write a book my whole life. And one day I woke up, I woke up probably about... Uh, four years ago, and I knew that I was going to write this book, that I was, the articles were going to be uh, 
parts of those articles were going to be aspects of that book. And I knew one day, okay, it's time to write the book. I just knew it. So yeah. I started writing it. Yeah. Well, I understand that feeling. and mm-hmm. uh, uh, But it is true. A lot of people uh, do, and I don't want to label them or say that it's wrong where they are in their journey, but, um, you know, they, they, they've got the lingo and they, they uh, toss it around and, and uh, uh, but it, 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 it's almost as if it doesn't, you, you really have to find it, plumb the depths inside. And um, it's one of our favorite things is if, if you if you have some, guru or, or teacher, if, if they say they have all the answers, that, then you need to get a new one. And, um, uh, but if they tell you that only you have the answers, then you can keep going for a while and see what happens. Um, uh, because it, uh, that's, where, that's where everyone's truth lies. In, 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 in my eyes so far in this journey is, is inside themselves. Because if you don't, it seems if you don't find it in there, it just doesn't quite hit home. Right. You can't live it. You can't be it. Uh, you can't integrate it into you, into your life, into your beliefs and your perceptions. And that's another thing I wanted to mention. That a great deal about what my book is, is saying is that those beliefs that we have developed and brought with us time after time after time, life after life, and uh, through our experiences and our parents' experiences and our the perceptions that were formed from those beliefs and the experiences that came about because of those beliefs. See, everything is connected to everything else. So we have this concept about something, and then we get all this information, and we put it together, and we say, okay, then this is my perception of what that means, okay? And then so we have our perception, and then we create, okay, well, now this is going to be my belief. Right here, this I've got this belief now. I'm going to believe this, and then those beliefs serve begin to serve as blinders or filters in our life to where uh, we are basing everything on those beliefs. Everything we um, say, do, feel, think, be, do uh, are they have to come through those filters, which are 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 our beliefs. And that some, sometimes we get stuck in that because really all a perception is and all a belief is is, our, is a perception of what it is. It can't be a truth, truth, an absolute. It can't be an absolute because everybody has their own perception. So that means everybody is really, really not what we believe is not absolute truth. It's what we are that is absolute truth, but not what we perceive to be truth. Because if you have to think it to give it a meaning, then you've already, you know, made it just a perception. It's not real except to you. Right, right. And that, and that it's so important, I think, to dis- to to discover, to realize that that your beliefs, your uh, your thoughts, your that they color those perceptions of everything else. Like you said, you, you put everything through that filter, then, right. and you can get very, very stuck and very. To me, that's where some of these dogmatic. This is the way it is, and you will do it like this, or if not, you'll be gone, or I'll kill you, or 
is is that you you get rigid in that and that that really um, I feel uh, we need to be or that it for me it's it's much more beneficial to be more fluid uh, because every time that I have personally gotten myself into a okay I finally got it because because I, when I was young like you I wanted to know what was you know what's the deal and uh, I at least was fortunate enough to have uh, parents that they would tell me what they thought but they would say but that's what I think and here's the books or here's the encyclopedias or here's they were big on teaching me how to go and find my own answers and um, uh, but then I would find someone. I would say, okay, now I got it. You know, it, it, you know, that's eh, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen. You know, okay, now I got it. I get, I understand. I get it now. You know, and 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 then something would come along and just shatter that, and and that is where we get. Uh, you know, to me, is is people that get rigid and say that, okay, this is the way it must be. I've got it figured out now. And then something shatters that is where you get some of these huge traumatic things uh, because then they don't, again, they once again don't know what to do, much like you were saying when you were very young and you were like, what what are we doing here? What is this eating business? You know, but if you've not had that all along, that, that first... Shatter because if you're surrounded in your little community and you're surrounded by people that are pretty much in the same vein as you are, the the it, it, that first big shatter can really be earth shaking. Yes, very painful. Yeah. And of course, I guess that's where some of the uh, spiritual psychology comes in. And that spiritual psychology is that we are. We are what we discover we are within ourselves, and that can only be discovered when we are willing to see beyond the denial, beyond the fear, beyond the beliefs, uh, beyond the perceptions, and realize that, okay, I can use this in my world as long as it works for me. But I have to realize that this isn't the absolute answer to this question. There are other answers that are uh, broader, more, that, that uh, make the picture bigger of life, that, that tells us more about who we are. Uh, just because we see it that right now this is the way I feel it is doesn't mean that isn't going to change if we want it to. But see, that's, that's the problem. A lot of times, uh, people decide, okay, I've had enough, I'm just going to leave it at this, I've learned what I've wanted to learn, and that's it, I'm not going to go any further. And for me, it was like, no, 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 I want to know the absolute truth. I don't want to just know a, a belief or just have a belief about a truth. I want to actually experience that truth myself firsthand. Then I will know it's real. And that takes willing, being willing to get under all the, the garbage inside of us that we don't want to deal with, that we don't want to face. That means looking at it and, and re, our relationships. I mean, if we're in a relationship or if we have relationships that cause us a lot of pain, we have to really study ourselves in that relationship because it's our perception of that relationship 
that is making it is, let's say, as hostile as it seems because we're adding to that with something we believe about this relationship, about ourselves, about that person, something we are seeing that probably isn't even real because it's still a perception. A perception isn't real. It's just a perception. So we have to be willing to look at every little tiny aspect of ourself and be willing to change what needs to be changed, let go of what we are done with, and to be open for what we need to bring into our life now. And that I call freedom. Well, and like, I like the way you put it, that it, uh, you know, you've got something and it's, okay, that's a good working theory. It's working for me right now. But, mm-hmm. but you, you, you have to leave the door open that, that something could come along five minutes from now that would then expand that, change that, modify it. Uh, it, it, it was what I, I fell in love as a kid with science because I thought, you know, we're going to have, it, it, when I was very young, I thought we're going to have hard answers here, you know, because it's all, you can prove it. But then I appreciated the fact that, that you're supposed to get a theory, and then as you go out and, and experiment and experience, um, it's no uh, coincidence those are same rooted words, um, that, that you then take that and incorporate it into your working theory. So your working theory continues to get to grow as your experience does. But then I got to college and found that there were an awful lot of scientists that were, no, 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 it's like this, and this is just it. This is and, and, and we're almost as dogmatic as, as some religions can be, or some religious people can be, I'll put it that way. The, the, the rigidity I always find is, is, is introduced within the person, um, because the, the information can be reinterpreted and, and, and expanded upon through experience, just like anything else. And, uh, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm glad all of that happened to me now because it, it's brought me to where I am today, and I kind of like where I am today. But um, it's uh, a lot of the difficulties, whether it be in science or, so, uh, you know, hard science, quote-unquote hard sciences or social sciences or uh, psychology, is when, which when people find and adopt that rigid position. Right. And uh, I was going to mention, what was it I was going to mention? Um, I lost it. <laughs> uh, well, it, it, yeah, here's the thing, since we, just, since we just had some beautiful music over the break, mm-hmm. um, I, I've been dying to ask for... Uh, 20 minutes or so now, uh, this amazing journey and, and exploration that uh, that you've had. Mm-hmm. Where does the singing fit in there? Well, where does the I, being a singer fit in there? Well, I sang for for years. I was out on the road and everything, but I I never really fit into that crowd of people. But I loved I loved singing. So much that, and that was the only way I could do it and make a living at it. Is was to be in bands and to sing in nightclubs and to go out on the road. I was in some, I was in uh, show bands and traveled around the, you know, United States. And uh, it was really hard for me because I didn't have the mentality for that kind of atmosphere. 
uh, it was, you know, it, it was um, like, is it Nikki? Is that? Nikki, here, Jean, yeah? yeah, she's here. Jean, is it like Nikki? Huh? Nikki Jean, that's her middle yeah. name, Jean. Okay, like Nikki said, you know, uh, she, she doesn't like to be around a, a lot of partying and drinking and all that kind of stuff, and I never did either. Um, in fact, I didn't even like nightclubs, but I wanted to sing, so I was willing to put myself in nightclubs to do it. But I, I took a, a, a lot of, of um, bad experiences because I was not into the drinking and the alcohol and the partying and the smoking pot and taking drugs. I was not into that, so I was really an oddball, but, uh, so I, I, I got made fun of a lot by my, my, the people I worked with, but I, that I had to be true to myself and that's what I told them. I, I have to look in that mirror every day and, and I have to know that I'm doing what is right for me. You can do whatever you want, but you know, that this is what I need to do for me. But they didn't like that. So Boy, I, I have great admiration for that because I, uh, I had an experience early in uh, uh, in my life in my 20s uh, mm-hmm. where I had uh, been reading Edgar Casey, and I, I too had mm-hmm. a brief period with uh, like uh, white rich craft, or you know, because I was trying to find out what's what's really going on here, right. and um, uh, and then I came stumbled across a book on channeling, and it was a book on it was. Uh, I've mentioned it many times, Sanaya Rahman's book on opening the channel. And I did, I was doing the exercises and, you know, we're going to check this out. And then I, things started happening and there were, there was channeling going on and there was like, oh, and it scared the living daylights out of me because it was one of those shattering things, even though I had been going along with it and sort of dabbling with it or intellectualizing it, it suddenly came home because it was like, oh, wow. It was like a science experiment. Something happened. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the, right. the, I did the experiment and it, and it worked. And, yeah. and, and so I, I, I tried to put the blinders back on and, and, and get back into corporate society and, and, mm-hmm. and you know, this, corp, this kind of job and, that, and, and couldn't stay with anything real long because I never fit in well. And, 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 and I tried to fit in with the uh, sales crowd because they were at least uh, willing well, to admit that nothing too, so. nothing was serious. So you know, I yeah. thought, well, okay, at least you know they're admitting that it, they don't know what's going on. So that's at least better than mm-hmm. than somebody that insists they're right. And right. but I tried to fit in with all of that. Uh, uh, drinking was a big part of the sales crowd that I was part of, yeah. and and, uh, and it eventually killed me. Uh, yeah. Briefly, it was very short, thankfully, but uh, that's what brought me uh, back firmly onto the path. Uh, so I have a lot of ad- admiration for the fact that you were able to stand your truth in in that kind of an atmosphere, because um, you know tough. we 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 talk about bullying and teasing in yeah. high school and things, and and it is it's very tough because we're very fragile in, at that standpoint. But adults can be much more vicious with their teasing oh, than yeah. children. And uh, put the pressure on like like nobody's business. Oh, uh, and um, but I, I imagine you you also 
found some interesting things in those experiences to add to your uh, thoughts about this dream that we're having. Oh, yes. I, I could see what was false and what was real. And I knew that all that, what these people were doing, they were trying to escape life by pretending they were living it. And by by the drinking and the drugs and all that. To me, that's how I saw it. That they were trying to escape the misery of life. Because to me, if you're happy, why would you need to take drugs or get drunk or whatever? I mean, you know. Well, and, and some of the quote-unquote happiest people I've ever met are really desperately sad. Yes, that's but, what I'm saying. Yeah. But they've put on this... this uh, Faith. Face. Yeah. And, and, and character. Uh, yeah. as if they're in appearing in some film, you know, right. of yeah. okay, I'm going to be the bon vivant. And yeah. and and but they're just suffering. <laughs> I was. I was suffering like yeah, was nobody's too. business. Yeah. And um, I was in that atmosphere. Yeah. And because um, everybody get stoned in our practice our rehearsals and I was just hanging out there. <laughs> Like, I couldn't relate to anybody. They couldn't relate to me, so I was just pushed aside, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. And it, it was really hard, and I went outside. It was at night, and, and I said, God, what am I doing here? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> but anyway, I wanted to mention, too, that throughout my years of of meditating and studying, I, I've had some wonderful um unexplainable experiences that I talk about in my book, one of which is about um, experiencing parallel lives uh, while awake and walking around. And, I mean, and I, I know that every one of these experiences came at the right time when I needed to experience it because it it encouraged me to stay on my path, and it woke me up to another aspect of what is real and or what people would think isn't real but really is real because you, you see it's the this, it, the world is opposite of what is real and what isn't real that's this, one of my favorites is that most everything or an awful lot of things are backwards on earth, yeah, just yeah. exactly backwards yeah. and and so it's a good thing because you you mentioned incarnations several times um how does how, how do you see the this uh, uh parallel or in or reincarnation type idea okay reincarnation to me is um believing that time is real time is is something that was made up so humans could function and, and have some order in their life. And they decided to use the planets uh, to, to do that, to create time. But outside Earth, outside this realm, this human realm, time does not exist. It's an illusion. Uh, and so everything is really going on. Every, everything that has that is created, has been created, has been created from the beginning. And so all of these, what I call, what people call reincarnations, I call incarnations. 
and there are many, we are multidimensional, and we are in, in many forms everywhere in the universe, and we don't know all those forms, but we are, we are in many human forms as well, each of us. As a soul, we, we have other aspects of us living in other, other bodies. And these, what I call incarnations, are all going on at the same time. They're just on a little bit different frequency level. Each one is on a different frequency level than the other, so we don't see them all the time, or very rarely. Uh, we don't experience them. And we experience them in our dreams, and we may, may not know them to be other incarnations we just think of them as a dream but they a lot of them are actually other incarnations that we're tapping into when we go to sleep because our beliefs are out of the way right and our fears are out of the way uh, so incarnation reincarnation is just uh the same thing as incarnation except all these lives are going on at once Right, because not this idea of, you know, I lived this life, and so now I must move to the next one. Exactly. Um, it's, it's, it's certainly the way I see it. I, I, like yeah. I like the way that uh, uh, Daryl Anka in his channeling of Bashar talks about it as just alternate expressions. Right. That everything so, is here and everything is now. And, yeah. like, I, I remember as a kid I saw a thing once about... Um, uh, uh, flowers that they had finally somebody took pictures of flowers with uh, where they could see ultraviolet spectrum mm -hmm. and there were all kind of decorations on them that we can't see mm -hmm. and and that's this it's it's right here right now it's just a slightly different it's not in our spectrum that we can see type thing mm -hmm. um, but uh, bees for example can see those and and some of them do. They look just like landing strips. It's really kind of interesting. Wow. And and that so if you could tune yourself to a little bit different frequency, the whole world would look different. And and I've now at this point in my life see that in in that larger aspect of you know the old west could be going on right here in my living room, and I wouldn't That's know right. it That's right. uh, in this current focus let's right. call it, instead of, or alternate expression or, or mm -hmm. incarnation. It's like they all intertwine and, and go on top of each other. It's like waves, you know. They're, they're all intermingling, except we can't see them or experience them. And let's say we might get a, a, a strong feeling about something. Where does that feeling come from? It doesn't have to necessarily be from this experience. It could be from another experience on a different frequency level. And that's how all of, all of life is constantly working together on, on the higher levels to make sense and to grow and to expand and become more aware. We're all helping each other on unconscious levels, whether we realize it or not. And so are, are all these other bodies that aspects of us live in. We're all helping each other. And we can... Uh call on those resources in, yes, in, we can. in ways. I was telling a, uh, a friend today, we were having lunch, and uh, was talking about some of those types of things. And, and, and when I was seven, 17, 16 or 17, uh, I, I had to go to one of these achievement course 
of a test things. The same people that do the SAT have these achievement tests. And, and um, at that point, school had lost its luster to me, so I had not really paid a lot of attention. I just knew I was supposed to go to this place and give them this piece of paper, and they'd tell me what to do. And they did. They said, go to room so-and-so. But then once we got there, we had to tell the test guy whether we were taking level one or level two of math. And I, I had no, I was not paying attention, so I didn't know. And they had taken a piece of paper from me when I got there <laughs> at the front door. And so I thought, well, I'm in a private school that's a very high-pressure college prep school. So I thought, well, it must be level two. So I sat for the exam. And I scored 760 out of 800 which is wow. like the 99.998-something percentile. That's great. And, but it turns out... <laughs> Not so great, really. <laughs> yeah, no? it, it got me removed from the school <laughs> oh. uh, eventually because my math teacher um, moved to the board that I not come back the next year because I was not scoring well in his class, high honors math, and the exam was on calculus. <laughs> level one was algebra and trigonometry, and level two was calculus, and I've, I've still never studied calculus. I don't, as far as I know, I don't get calculus. Sure. But I, when I take to this day, if somebody gives me one of those bubble it in, you know, color in the little dots tests, mm-hmm. I, when I'm done, I don't have any memory of it. I don't, I don't know what happened. Uh. And, and, and so it didn't seem unusual to me because that always happened. Right. And, um, uh, but it turns out it was on subject matter that I know absolutely nothing about. And, uh, I mean, colleges were phoning up the house to talk to my parents to say, you know, hey, we want your kid because he's a calculus whiz. And, of course, my, my poor d- dad and mom were in the position to try to explain to him that I didn't know anything about calculus. <laughs> <laughs> and but it's pretty good with math, but probably yeah. could do it if I ever took it. But um, so I a, I didn't an, catch on to aspect. it. Yeah. yeah, I didn't catch on to it then. But apparently, I just sort of when I take tests like that, I kind of phase out. And who whoever whatever has Who's that piece of information just b- comes forward with it. And yeah. um, uh, uh, but I. I have never really quite, it's never rung true to me this, you know, well, I was once Cleopatra, or, you know, me saying I was right. some and great I, famous I, mathematician, yeah. or it... it but, yeah. <clears throat> I mentioned that in my book, because uh, people do ask me about hypnotherapy, and, and I say, because, but most people that go to hypnotherapists uh, want to know who, what they, some famous person they were. And I won't even I won't even deal with that because we are trying to get out of under we're trying to get out from under the control of our ego, not push ourselves further into it. Right. And that's what finding yeah, it, that kind it, of stuff is. Seems a contradiction to be seeking out the truth of self and yet to be seeking a historical self in our past that justifies our current existence. Right. So that we can hang on to that as, as a, to, to feel good about ourselves. 
and that's the purpose it serves. Cause what, and have excuses, and also to make excuses for things we don't want to deal with. Uh, like I had a friend that uh, said she knew in a, in a past life she starved to death. And so in this life, she had a weight problem. So mm. that was her reason. Mm. So yeah. it was okay to have the weight problem because it was, it was balancing out starving in that other life. And yeah. It, 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 it's just another layer of, it can be another layer of excuse and, yeah. and, and cover. Because I, never, I only really read one book about reincarnation. And yeah. it was stories about, it was somebody that did past life regression mm-hmm. uh, through hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I found it interesting that in all of the tales that he told about these things, that nobody was a farmer. Or a blacksmith, or or a murderer, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody was, you know, king this or prince that, or exactly. Which... And of course, if you ask my imagination, uh, sure, yeah, I'm the king. Why not? It sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just I, any any time the ego is involved, I don't believe anything that comes out of that. As far as what a person thinks or feels about something, because if the ego's in control, it it it's it's putting on blinders. So that's why. Yeah, I and I, I agree with you. It's particularly unhelpful. Well, I'll just put it that way. I won't say harmful, but right. particularly unhelpful when right. when people latch onto something in there to say, you know, okay, well, I I my relationship problems are all because I was tortured and raped in a previous life. Exactly. Well. Yeah. Even if that was so, can we see if we can do something about what's going on That's in this it. life rather than just saying, oh, it's the way it is? Right. And see, that that's where a little knowledge is dangerous because we, uh, as humans, have a tendency to use uh, what knowledge we have to as an excuse for going into denial or for pretending we're, we're this person and not this person. And what good comes from that? None at all, because we're here to wake up to who we really are, not who we are, want to pretend we are. And, and, and again, you know, like I say, if, it, if everybody's entitled to their, to their journey and their experience, oh, yeah, and, and, and if you have something that's a good working theory that, it, but you can view it that way, um, then then good on you. But it, it to me it was like, you know, my original understanding. Of course, I was still the science kid at the time, the science guy at the time was like that original intention behind, say, an antidepressant was just to try to help somebody feel good enough that then you could do some meaningful talk therapy. It was not supposed to be something they just did for the rest of their life. And, and said, you know, I'm, I'm screwed up. I have, a, I have a chemical imbalance, and so I'll just take this. It, right. That's just another, that's, just, that's the same as being, I starved to death in a previous life, so I'm overweight, so never mind. It, it, but I won't, go ahead. Yeah, but I won't try to do anything about it, you know. Right. Right. It, 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 you know, I'm all for whatever can help you feel better so that you can move forward if you're in a spot, you know. But, but not to lie to ourselves because uh, I mean, it's and okay. not to use it as a as a as a blanket to hide under 
Right, a crutch. I mean, everybody has to feel safe, and, and that, that is where that survival mode comes into play. When we, when we fear for, for our lives or for our well-being or whatever the case may be, or being embarrassed, um, sometimes, you know, telling a little white lie or pretending to be somebody else uh, helps us to survive that moment. But if we, but if you do that too much, you begin to believe it. You begin to uh, start pretending everything, and that that's where it's dangerous. But um, when you said that everybody has a right to 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 do whatever they want to do. That's true. Everybody does have that right. And what I want to say about that is that we start out um, very blind as children. We, we don't know anything about this, this world. And so we have these experiences. So even if we're blind and we're playing this role that isn't really healthy for us, it is helping us. Because until we know that that role isn't helping us, we can't let it go. But when we finally get to the point where we realize, okay, now I'm going to stop doing this because this isn't helping me. This is hurting me. And that's growth. So every challenge, every make-believe, every belief, every perception is a stepping stone into truth as we move through it as an experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have to agree but with you. But you can't it's... make fun of anybody because they are Indeed. learning whatever they're learning in that experience. That's right. And, 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 and what they're having at that moment is exactly what they need to have to be able to try to get forward. It's uh, right. um, was watching our, our dear friend Simon Sutton talking with Charles Eisenstein and and Charles was saying, look, I can't take responsibility for this, whatever. And Simon said, spiritual awakening. And Charles said, yeah, what, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll use that term. But it, I didn't do it. <laughs> it, it I, reached this point, <laughs> I reached this point where my life wasn't working, and I, I had to move past that. And, and, and then this welled up inside. And, and uh, uh, so that's... I guess again we come back to the you, you've got to go plumb those depths. You've got to go look inside there because that's where it's that's where it is. Right. Whatever answer it is, you're after. Right. And until we do that, we this is we are making it up. We are dreaming it through our perception. That's the dream because the perception isn't real. It's the dream. It's like we're play acting, and that's okay too because it's fun. But we can't do that and expect to have the answers to life that we're, if we're asking for those answers. We can't continue on that particular kind of path where we're, we're being phony or we're lying to ourselves or to the world or, or just not being real because we will not get to where we are longing to be. And, you know, I've had to go through all those experiences, and I still go through them. I mean, we always go through them. Sometimes we fall off uh, where, where we're heading. Sometimes we take a turn, and we didn't realize we took a turn, and we have to find our, our way back onto the path that we want to be on. And that might take some kind of challenge that is not comfortable or, or feels good. Right. 
but right. that and that's a gift. If you want, I call challenges and experiences, no matter how they feel, a gift, because they push us, they lead us into the direction our soul wants us to go. Good, bad, or indifferent, they're all gifts. Right. Exactly. It's not happening to us, it's happening for us. That's in my book, exactly what you just said. Yeah. Ah, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So we we've 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 talked about the book and here we here we are arriving at our uh we've got about seven or eight minutes left, so I wanna be sure that we get the uh internet links and the uh uh information so that folks can find you and, and find your book and uh because you also have services, you uh, uh, do vocal toning. You, there's a lot that, uh, as with any of our guests, that we, you know, simply cannot cover in 90 minutes. Right. Uh, it always amazes me how fast 90 minutes can go when I am talking a, an amazing <laughs> subject. Um, so, uh, the book again is "I Dreamed I Was Human." Awakening from the illusion. Awakening from the illusion. And uh, folks can find you at, uh, well, of course, there was IDreamedIWasHuman.com. Right. Uh, they, they can find me there, but I have my own personal website with everything about my book as well on there, and that is Awakening, A-W-A-K-E-N-I-N-G, Awakening. Is that a, AwakeningYou.com, Y-O-U. Yes, Awakening You, as in you. Yes, you, yes. listening you. Right. Not Awakening you, like the university, we're not... Right, we, <laughs> like a you. We, we haven't okay. any fraternities over here, but... <clears throat> right, right, right. And, but, uh, uh, and I do do um, phone soul charting for people, if they, if they are interested. It, it, and what soul charting is, is it helps people to understand the imprinting that they came in with, and uh, and to understand what their actual soul plan is this time around, uh, what they're here to do this time around, um, uh, their their uh, goals in life, their personality, how the world sees them and compared to how they see themselves. Uh, because sometimes we don't realize how people are, are seeing us. Because uh, we're so used to being us, we don't realize if we're doing something that could be considered, you know, negative or or just not the right thing to do, because it's a habit. So it's helpful to and to know uh, how our personality is received in the world and uh, um, what holds us back. That's the other thing I I talk about is we always have what is called a chief feature. That chief feature is the thing that we came in with that sabotages us, that we haven't resolved yet or healed. So that is one other thing. And then I answer, I have people ask some questions, a few questions that they want resolved in the reading, um, and, and I deal with that. I answer those questions before we were through. Very good. And I do that. Well, I do this intuitively. I, I ask a few a few questions so I can tune into somebody's energy. And I, this is the way I channel. I, I channel when I write too. I mean, you know, you, anything creative that somebody does, anything that you're doing like that, is channeling. There's many ways to channel. Oh sure. Um, you know, 
And so uh, this is how I help people get to know themselves to overcome some of their their uh, some some of the things that they're dealing with in their life that they don't know how to overcome or to heal. And it tells them a little bit about themselves so that they know where they're coming from within themselves, what they're having to deal with. That's wonderful. And that's on my website, too. And I also have a, because I was a singer, I've, I've written lots of songs. I've written country songs, and I've written... Um, uh, a bunch of metaphysical songs that I have on a CD and that you can see on my website as well. It might even be on the IDreamedIWasHuman.com website. I'm not sure. Uh, but you can find me on Facebook as well. And uh, the name of my metaphys- or my New Age uh, music CD is... Uh, I, gosh, I can't even remember the name of my own CD. <laughs> Face in the Mirror? Face in the mirror, yeah. I haven't looked at it for so long. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you can hear actually hear parts of it on on my website. Yeah, it's absolutely wonderful stuff, and uh, uh, I, I just want to thank you for uh, having the time for us tonight and for sharing your time, talent, and treasure with the world. It's uh, it's a wonderful thing. It takes uh, takes all of our perspectives to really pull the puzzle pieces together. I thank you. Thank you both for allowing me to do this. And um, I, I just want, oh, Nikki, I didn't hear much from you, but, but it was nice talking to you. <laughs> I, being an author myself who's written a couple novels very similar to um, your own, I thought it might be appropriate to take a step back tonight and allow you just to, to share your journey and your story because it, it was uh, 90 minutes of, of absolute genius level information. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, um, I it was, it was wonderful, and I wanted to mention, too, I wanted to know, I don't know if this is the time to do it, but can we get a copy of this show? Absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely. Once uh, we'll, we'll give you all the details uh, once we get off the air, but once the, okay. uh, once the show is posted, yep. you'll get all the links uh, to, to uh, where other people can find it and, and to an original copy of the recording. And we do everything uh, on our uh, everyday connection show under creative commons so it's uh uh free to you can cut it up and take sound yeah. bites you can you okay. just just can't sell it because we don't sell no, we're, we're and, put it and on uh, my website and facebook yeah, absolutely absolutely yeah. we will have all of that and uh, so again we encourage people to go by and and check out all of the uh, the wonderful things that Carolyn is doing at awakening you dot com uh, and uh, and of course you come by and visit us at everydayconnection.me because of course it's all about me, no matter which me is reading that. And um, uh, you'll also find some uh, information there soon about some of the new stuff that uh, that we've got coming with this morning show. So uh, we just love you guys that are out there in listener land, and uh, uh, we hope all of you will join us again next time. But until then. To our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves, stay connected. Have a great now, everybody.
join Jane and Rick again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me and subscribe for news and updates. Stop by their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection and join the conversation. You can also subscribe on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. to ask the biggest question of your life the only question before that question how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with with the incredible selection of diamonds at jared and our price match guarantee you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love visit your local jared store today and dare to be devoted we promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer see jared.com slash price match for details so you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.